Hey everybody, welcome to a bonus episode of Neurological. I hope you all got the chance to listen to my episode 2. On this episode, it will be an interview between me and a staff member at the Turning Leaf Project after our recent uh, partnership um, where we created a shirt together uh, that reflects both Neurological um, and their own program. Um, 100%, 100% of the proceeds go to Turning Leaf, um, which is an amazing nonprofit um, that helps men who are uh, released from prison um, develop some skills, um, engage in some group therapy, and um, ultimately get back into the community and uh, be successful. So today I interview Leslie Simmons. Um, she is uh, one of the staff members at Turning Leaf. Um, she works with the sales, uh, marketing, job development there um, related to the print shop. And I just spent a little bit of time talking with her on the phone <clears throat> to get a little bit more information about the program and the project's history a little bit about her experiences there. Um, I thought it would be a really cool way just to understand a little bit more about uh, Turning Leaf um, and support their cause, uh, get their name out there through Neurological. Um, so I hope you enjoy this interview. I hope to do more of these kinds of episodes in the future. And um, Leslie does start off the interview just um, describing the mission of Turning Leaf. Um, so there's no uh, question before that you just kind of jump in there and then we kind of go back and forth uh, with our conversation there so hope you enjoy turning, turning leaf provides a proven path to success for men returning home from prison working with individuals who are at the highest risk of rearrest we offer a critical combination of behavioral therapy one-on-one -on -one counseling and on-site transitional employment and job placement and the result is a proven model of prison reentry with an 80% success rate. But most importantly, our program creates an equal opportunity for success after prison where one currently does not exist. Okay. A little bit about your interest in uh, Turning Leaf Project. Yeah, absolutely. So my interest in Turning Leaf was actually piqued by a good friend of mine who is a public defender here in Charleston. And um, she's had a few clients who have enrolled in the program. And, um, and the program itself is actually just really incredible. After learning more, I just knew I had to be involved. I was in the process of completing my master's at the time. And I had been doing my master's thesis on um, communication in the workplace. And I had the honor of speaking with a couple of people in the nonprofit space kind of about how they I mean, just work with communication and um, everything that I heard was just amazing, not only about the way that organizations were run, but also just helping people, essentially. And so when um, Alicia came to me and said that Turning Leaf was hiring, I just jumped right on it and because um, and I knew that I wanted to pursue a position in a nonprofit and everything they do is just so amazing and it is really, um, you can see the change happening throughout the time that the guys are in the program. So, um, yep, I applied and then about a month or two later I was on the staff and couldn't be happier. Thank you. Um, 
is your background before Turning Leaf, is that um, anything related to criminal justice, or was this your first time exposed to something like that? Um, it is actually my first time. So I um, got my undergrad in biology, and my master's in, is in organizational leadership. Okay. So nothing criminal justice related, but I, um, I've really learned to love it. I think when I was doing my undergrad, I was focused on going to medical school, and so I didn't really look at any other avenues um, and when I was getting my master's I was like oh maybe I don't want to go to medical school but I want to help people in a different way and that's when I started to kind of broaden my reach and look into other things and I I've really found a love for criminal justice it's been um, really amazing to learn more about it and um, and see the kind of the injustice that happens to people that a lot of a lot of people aren't aware of yeah, definitely. That's a, def- a big change from medical school, though. Yes, it definitely happened. <laughs> um, but I, like I said, I love it, and mm-hmm. I am so grateful that I did not go to medical school because <laughs> I don't think I would be as happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you could just tell us a little bit about the history of the program um, to your to the amount that you know about it. Yeah, absolutely. So Turning Leaf was founded by Amy Barch, um, and she actually never planned to start a nonprofit. But in 2011, she was volunteering in the Charleston County Jail, and um, she was just teaching these classes on helping men think to make good decisions. And while she was volunteering there, judges started actually sentencing people to her class. So it was then that she realized that maybe her volunteer class could be something much better than just a volunteer class. Um, so Amy went ahead and quit her job in 2012, and she worked full-time on the, pro- um, on the project. She was working during the day, just trying to finalize things, getting everything in order for turning leaf, and then at night she was waitressing to fund it all. Um, the first few years for her were extremely tough. Um, there were times that they almost ran out of money, there were times that they weren't sure if the program was working, and I think for about a year they didn't even win a grant over $1,500. So it's very hard to um, create any sort of like salary for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she brought on Joe, who is now our classroom facilitator, and then they were both kind of in the same position, like hoping that they would get paid someday, <laughs> really wanting to help people. Um, the first eight years of the program were really dedicated to research, testing, adjusting, basically just figuring out what works best. Um, at first, they did continue to teach the programs in the in the jails, and then uh, at some point, they decided that you know it might be a better off-site um, class. So they started it off-site with guys coming out of prison being sentenced to the classes, and then they changed to a fully volunteer-only basis, so none of the guys that we have in the program now are actually required to be there. They're there on their own volition um, because they want to change, and um, at that point, it was only part-day class, so they only came from 9 to noon, and then, for example, our print shop actually started as just a volunteer-led program to encourage some pro-social engagement with the students after they got out of the half-day classes. So it was just a way for the guys to stick around and, you know, do something else other than worry about getting into trouble. 
but in 2017, we moved to our current location, which actually used to be used as an administration building in a medium security prison. But that prison um, shut down in 2015, and the city offered to um, rent us the facility for a dollar a year. So we wow. jumped on that. <laughs> and, um, and since then, we've made some improvements to the building, and we've made it really work for what we need. Um, our lobby area is actually kind of where the old check-in area would have been in the administrative building, and our classrooms are where the visitation rooms were um, before. And it's been really interesting as some of the guys come through the program, they've actually been sentenced there before, okay. you know, when it was actually operational. So they can tell some kind of funny stories um, about those sort of things. But now our program has evolved to be a full day program um, from nine to five. And the students are in the classroom from nine to 12 and then working in our print shop, which is not volunteer based anymore. It's a full functional business and they're in there from one to five, and we pay them in both. So they get an education stipend in the classroom, um, depending on how they're doing that week, what their engagement is like. Um, we have different points to get through the program, and they get paid based on their points. And then in the print shop, they're paid just as hourly employees, um, just like any other standard job, so just part-time. Okay. Um, that's pretty cool that it's in a former prison because it kind of gives that like new meaning to something that was uh, just for incarceration before and now kind of like your mission at, at Turning Leaf it's kind of you know um, pardon the pun but like turning over a new leaf for them um, they're going to be at yeah. a they're going to be in an old prison but doing new things um, that will reduce the likelihood that they'll come back yeah absolutely um, so you kind of brought it up in there. Um, so how come screen printing as the trade? Was that uh, something that someone had an interest in or was that just kind of randomly decided? It was a little bit of both. Uh, we saw, so like I was saying, our volunteers were um, Travis and Colin and um, they had their own business that they were doing, but they found out about Turning Leaf and just wanted to do something to help. So they would come in, I think, just twice a week and just teach how to screen print. And the guy was really engaged in it. And um, at that point in time, I believe Amy, along with one of our board members, kind of came together and realized that would be a really great opportunity um, as far as a job employment. So one of the things that we think is really important is being able to use all of the skills that the guys are learning in the classroom in a real world setting. Um, and the best way to do that is just to have on-site employment. So we needed something that would be totally functional, even with high turnover, um, with men who have never worked a job before, things like that. Um, and screen printing has a lot of opportunities for different types of work. So there are some of the guys that are maybe more hands-on and they can do those jobs. And there are some that are more detail-oriented and they can do those jobs. And it gives us kind of an idea of where they're at as far as what they like to do work-wise. And also it helps us to see everybody working in a team um, because that's something that's really important, important to employers going forward is that you can be team-oriented and you can work well with others and things like that. Um, so it gives us that opportunity to kind of vet them 
as they go through our program before they're going on to a, you know a permanent position so um, and then it's also an easy position that we can work with apprentices so hmm. every guy that comes to us pretty much has never screen printed before um, never heard of it so it's something that we are able to easily train and still be very successful and we have extremely high quality standards so it's kind of it's okay if we mess up a couple of shirts because ultimately it makes it better for the program and the guys get more experience and we can just replace those and make sure that they're you know perfect when they go out to the customer so it's it gives a lot of opportunity for us to work hands-on with the guys and for the guys to work with one another in kind of a more controlled setting using their skills yeah i never thought of it as it's it is really broad um there's so many different uh individual skills that they can work on in that kind of um, trade. And then I also like the aspect of it that it's something that you can get um, kind of like advocacy and messages out to the community um, in a way that the community is going to be very receptive to um, because it's apparel um, that people are going to want to buy and then they get to wear it and then kind of spread the message even further. Um, So I think that's a cool aspect of it too. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that we love to say, like everyone needs a t-shirt, whether mm-hmm. it's an event, it's, you know, your employees, whatever it may be, everyone needs a t-shirt. So um, you might as well buy t-shirts and know that your money is going directly back into a great cause. Right. right. Yep. Um, so maybe just tell us a little bit about maybe some of your favorite experiences um, while working there or some stories from maybe people that you've Um, had contact with there or um, just kind of your time with Turning Leaf thus far? Yeah, absolutely. I would say some of my favorite experiences are just with the guys' stories, Um, just hearing about, you know, what their goals are and what they're moving forward. It is an honor to work with these men. They're such incredible people, and so many of them have such great aspirations going forward, and it's so exciting to be able to actually see them reaching those goals so um one of my favorite stories is um one of the guys who you can actually read his story on our um student stories page on our website but his name is ricky and he was part of amy's program way back in the day when she was just volunteering in the prison so before it was you know a full-time program or anything like that ricky was there well she ended up moving out of the prison getting, you know, her own, our own, um, like, location and starting the part-time program, and in that time, Ricky was still incarcerated, and as soon as he got released, he came to Amy and, you know, asked if he could join the program again, because it was such a benefit to him in prison, and um, he has been arrested over a hundred times in his life. That's one of the demographics of men that we typically work with are men who are cyclically incarcerated. So they're going in and out throughout their lives. Um, I think his first in arrest was actually when he was like 13 or 14, like really young. Yeah. And um, and he came through Turning Leaf, and one of his um, barriers was that a lot of the people in his neighborhood, his family, were all engaged in criminal activity, and he just didn't know how to best get himself out of that situation without literally 
getting out of it. So we originally placed him in a job at the city of Charleston, and um, he worked there for a little while. And then um, at some point, they we helped him to get his CDL license. And now four years later, he has never been rearrested. He is an owner operator of his own semi truck. He has moved, I think, up to like the Chicago area, and he's getting ready to get married. Wow! And that's just so incredible. Yeah, that's a, that's an amazing success story for him. Yeah, and that's you know just being able to see these men come through our program and and have that big of a change is mm-hmm. really awesome. And and they're doing so much work. I mean, asking anyone to change everything that you've ever been around. I mean, can you imagine? Most people don't even change one thing in their lifetime, or, you know, in a year, let's say. Mm -hmm. And we're asking them in four months to not only change the people that they're hanging out with, the activities that they're used to, you know, the way that they're making an income, like everything, the way they're thinking. We're asking them to get a standard job, have employment, you know, maintain that, show up on time, stay off their phone, be in uniform, like all these things in four months and most people can't change one or two major things like that in a whole year yeah so it's really amazing yeah that's a really good point um it just makes me think of like people set new year's resolutions every year and that's only one thing and you know some people they fall apart after february um so yeah. that's it really is amazing that you know these men um it sounds like so- someone like ricky like they've been taught um, and we're brought up around a lot of um, negative influences, and then they have to change that within this four-month period. Um, and it sounds like for him, the the results are lasting, which is which is really awesome. Yeah, absolutely, and that's how it is for so many of our graduates. Um, you know, one of our graduates is actually our peer specialist. He was hired okay. on by Amy after he graduated from the program, and. Um, now he does all of the recruitment. He works with the guys one-on-one, you know, just to relate some of their experiences in a way that none of us can. Yeah, that's awesome that they come back and can serve their peers. Because I think that's one of the most beneficial relationships um, that a lot of them can create is with each other, but um, obviously in a positive way. Yeah, Absolutely. Do you, so you mentioned graduation, do you have some kind of graduation ceremony or is it more informal? It is more informal, um, right now anyway, there isn't anything, um, like any ceremony, but because we work on a rolling enrollment, there's just kind of a constant, like people coming in and people graduating. Um, so it's not like we have a whole class that's going to graduate all at the same time ever. Um, usually it's only just one or two guys that are maybe graduating around the same time. And graduation is essentially moving on to your job placement. So we have about 15 um, different job partners here in the low country. And um, we just kind of give the guys a choice of, okay, like these are ones that we, after seeing, you know, you work on the job here, think that you would be a good fit for. And we know that this is kind of the, the salary range that you're looking and the, they all have um, opportunities for advancement, full-time benefits. We want to really set up the guys to be in a career-oriented position so that they can be set up for success. And, um, and then once they kind of say like, oh yeah, maybe I want to work over there, we will reach out to people over there, see if they're hiring, set up an interview, 
And so everyone kind of knows, like, oh, okay, so-and-so has an interview today. Mm-hmm. And we all just kind of, like, congratulate them and give them good luck and ask how it went and everything. And most of our partners get back to us pretty quickly about whether they're going to hire or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, I mean, there's sometimes that we'll have a guy interview on, like, Thursday, and they'll start their job on Friday. So there's not a ton of time for us to, like, get together so we just kind of all try to congratulate them and all the other students are really engaged in that too because it's it's really great to see like oh you can make it all the way through this program you Mm -hmm. can be successful and um yeah everyone is it's like a family environment um, Mm -hmm. i like to say because it really is like the turning league family everyone is always just so excited when when people are getting able to move on to their placement do you guys have um is it possible for people who have completed the program either successfully or maybe they weren't successful in the program um, to come back and try the program again? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so um, if you successfully completed the program, I mean, there's not really any reason to come back. Mm -hmm. Um, You already have all the skills. You've been using them in in your daily life, things like that. Um, And the way that the program's set up is we won't actually graduate someone unless they're ready so for example if somebody um, is going through the program they're just kind of struggling with one of our key expectations like attendance Mm -hmm. Um, we're really big on attendance you have to be there on time if you're a minute late you're not getting your points for the day you can stay we want you to stay we want you to succeed but we just need to be consistent so um, that's something like if we've had someone who isn't showing up consistently on time and things like that, we don't want to send them forward onto a job that they might fail in because they're not showing up on time there. Okay. So um, while the program is about four months, um, we typically will just keep people longer if they need to be there longer because, you know, ultimately the guy's success is what's the most important to us. Mm-hmm. So um, they wouldn't be placed if they were, if we felt that they were going to um, not succeed. If we have guys that like drop out, for example, which does happen, um, we absolutely try to re-engage them. Um, Both our case manager, our class facilitator, and our peer specialist will all reach out to those people and say like, hey, how are things going? Um, We know that you said that you got like a job or something, Mm -hmm. but you know, how is it, Uh, it, you know, if you want to come back, you're always welcome, that sort of thing. And we have a lot of our graduates who just come pop in to say hey and see how everyone's doing, um, which is really cool. And they'll talk to our current students and say like, hey, you know, this is my experience and Hmm. this is a really great program and, you know, keep on keeping on. Yeah, that's cool that they come back for that because that can be really uh, inspiring to some of the men that are in the program, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. So you mentioned some of the employment partners for placements. Um, Are there any other community partners that kind of help you guys uh, meet your mission? Um, Yes. So we have a lot of um, community involvement through our board. Um, I say every single one of our board members is local in the low country, um, really involved in the community. We have board members who are actually you know, work over at other nonprofits and help us mm-hmm. from that aspect. We have um, board members that are in, you know, maybe like a CEO type of position and can really help us from that side. So we have that. We have a lot of funding partners as well that give us like yearly donations or um, will help support us in, you know, more of a financial way. 
And then we have our print shop customers, which are pretty much 100% in the community, um, whether it's different businesses or events that are going on, and um, they support us by just buying T-shirts. Okay. So um, that gives not only the guys something to do, because, of course, if we don't have any print shop orders, <laughs> the guys don't have anything to do in the print shop. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, it also funds the program. So the all of the orders um, are directly going back into the program and paying for the guys to work in the print shop. Okay. Do you, uh, does Turning Leaf partner with any of the like local courts or prisons or probation, um, any of those kinds of agencies that um, could provide referrals, but also um, just kind of help you guys with anything that you need? Um, not as much. We do know a lot of people over and in, in those spaces, just especially because of, you know, Amy and Joe originally working in the jails mm-hmm. and that. Um, we do get some referrals from probation, we work with probation as far as um, when the guys need to work with their PO and do those meetings and things like that. Of course, they need to be off work those days. So we we work with them in that aspect, but not necessarily um, in like a judicial sense. Okay. Is there anything that you guys uh, as an agency um, feel that you need in order to kind of work or meet your mission um, even more? Um, The biggest thing right now that we're looking for is to expand. So we're hoping in the next year that we'll be able to open a second location. Right now it's just the one in Charleston, um, but we would like to expand to Columbia, South Carolina, and then possibly other places around the state. And so that's really what we're working towards right now. And that is evolved around our retail line, which mm-hmm. thank you so much for <laughs> the t-shirt that we're able to sell and benefit from. That is so incredible of you to do for us. Um, and things like the that t-shirt and the other shirts that we sell in our retail line will give us the opportunity to open a second site. So one of the barriers is when we open a second location, we won't have the community partners to buy t-shirts yet because we just don't know anyone in that area Mm. and so what we are planning to do is taking all of our retail business and sending that to our second site to get them started so that they can still have print orders to work on while we're trying to get these wholesale orders um in the columbia area or in wherever you know we go next Mm -hmm. and um and so that's kind of the biggest thing is just some awareness around who we are, what we do, you know, our retail line, how it supports our guys, and then also funding so that we can actually expand. We got a $100,000 grant from Boeing um, this, I guess, two months ago, which is really going to help us for that, and which is so amazing of them to give to us. Um, And so we're really hoping that other corporations like Boeing and like Bosch is in the, um, in, in the Carlson area and mm. larger corporations like that will be able to see our social mission and see the benefits of it and you know want to help us out that way. That's awesome that you guys would be expanding to other locations because I'm sure that that not only you could reach a larger audience but also um, and help more people but kind of it's more convenient for some people too um, to help that community. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to thank you for talking to me. Um, I also want to thank you um, and Turning Leaf for agreeing to create the uh, shirt for my podcast um, and distribute that. Um, that's an it's an awesome help to me as well to get my name out there, and I was happy to do it with such an awesome organization that um, I feel the mission is really um, something that is worth spreading. Absolutely, and thank you again for your support and having us on here today and letting us you know just talk a little bit about what we do. So that's our interview for today. I hope that you enjoyed uh, getting to learn more about the Turning Leaf Project through my conversation with Leslie. Um, If you do want to check out uh, the Turning Leaf Project um, to get more information, you can go to their website, turningleafproject.com, and check out all the information on there. You can also go to my uh, neurological website, which is just neurological.wixsite.com slash neurological. And I do have it on there um, under one of my tabs at the top. So you can check out that. Um, And I hope that you check out the short sleeve neurological shirts that they're offering, as well as their other products. Thank you so much for listening. And please subscribe on social media to Neurological, um, which is just at neurological underscore on Instagram and uh, facebook.com slash neurological. Um, You can also subscribe to the website, um, which again was neurological.wixsite.com slash neurological. Hope to see you next time, and let's get psyched. Remember, Neurological is a true crime podcast to be psyched about. (laughs) 